On today's episode of Gathering the Kings, awareness is everything. And if you can at least be aware to the fact that people think differently from you and that you need to figure out how to communicate to them, yep. dude, you are so many steps ahead of most people that don't even realize that. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, Gathering the Kings Nation? Chaz Wolf. I'm coming to you this week. My guest, Aaron Handel, dives into his story of coming from nothing um, and, and even going to a place that he calls a potential rock bottom and how he built uh, a soon-to-be eight-figure company uh, from the bottom all the way to where he is today. I just, I love this guy's story. I love his grit. I love his um, passion for life and helping people and and just like having a genuine approach to building his business. I think that you're going to get a ton from this one. Grab that pen and paper. Here it comes. All right, everybody. I'm Chaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings. I've got Aaron Handel on the stage today. What's up, brother? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Dude, I'm so glad that you're here and um, just getting to know you a little bit off camera, off air, and just hearing your story. Just so inspiring. Honestly, I think that I bring on good guests every week, but uh, this one I think is going to be especially uh, unique for a lot of listeners who are in the six-figure mark because, man, you came from nothing, and I love it. Yeah, yeah I thank love you. it. So let's Thanks. let's jump in, dude. Um, what kind of business do you have? So I own Morris Air and Electric in Southern California. Uh, so obviously we do air conditioning, heating, uh, and electrical in September, we're starting our plumbing, uh, part of the business. So at that point we'll be uh, full mechanical. I'm super excited about it. Dude, that's awesome. I love it. We'll have to, we'll have to hear some of your plans on that. Um, I'm curious before we dive into your story, kind of how you got to where you're going or where you, where you have been at this level in the games, my first question, every single show. Why do you still push? Like, why are you still here? Why in later this year are you opening up a brand new division? Man, I'm scared of my wife. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Um, honestly, dude, I just I can't turn it off. Um, I have a few people ask me this all the time, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the story of Hernan Cortez, the burn the ships. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay, was yes. a Spanish you know, conquistador. And when they got to Mexico, he had 600 men and he ordered them to burn the ships because he wanted them to know that there was no turning back. And that's kind of how I am, man. Um, I don't have a choice. I have a family to feed. And more than that, I have families that depend on this business. You know, my guys need to get paid every week or every two weeks. They need to provide good lives for their families. And it's really important for me to continue growing so that not only my life, but everybody else's life that works here continues to grow. And I think that you can really base your own success by the success of those around you. Yeah. So like when I, like, for example, last night, uh, one of my guys bought a brand new car for his wife and I was just like, so pumped for that because that's what we're doing. Like 
we're a company for everybody here is, is going to prosper. You know, it's, it's not just about me and, and my kids, you know, the kingly aspect that you're carrying right now. And, and I'm not even sure how much you recognize it, but every person that answers that question answers like, you know, one of maybe three or four answers, but Mm -hmm. what you just gave is so incredibly valuable for how you're going to go to eight and nine figures. Like you're just going to continue to push because you've literally put the responsibility of your entire team and then their families on your shoulders. Absolutely. You said, look, I got it. Don't worry about it. I got big shoulders, but then you get excited about their success, man. I just love that. Like that moves me also personally, but man, just hearing you say that gets me freaking jacked. Dude, you know, it's one of those things that I didn't even think about when I first started my business. I didn't think about how other people's lives were going to be affected in a positive way. And as a business owner now, one of the brightest moments for me is when I see that, when I see them buy a house or buy a car or whatever, you know, go on a nice vacation. Dude, that's like the biggest blessing that you didn't even know you would get to experience when you first get into business. I love it. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, when you reverse engineer that, like selfishly a little bit. For the listener, if you've never done this, what Aaron's talking about is huge because if you can reverse engineer that vacation that he just gave as an example or the car that his guy just bought, right? Like it's not because of Aaron that he was able to do that specifically. That guy made choices. He comes to work. He works hard. He makes his own money. Like he... He's the captain of his own ship, right? However, if Aaron hadn't stuck his neck out, if Aaron hadn't taken the risk, if Aaron hadn't borrowed money or, you know, lived without, because all entrepreneurs, we've lived without for a period of time so that we could grow the business. If he hadn't done any of that, the opportunity that then his guy was able to step into wouldn't have existed. And so uh, selfishly, it's like, yeah, man, it's like, it's it's a pat on my back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, to know how good you're doing on my team, you know? Um, yeah, I love it. It's for everybody, man. It really is. When I started my yeah, company, yeah. it was, uh, part of it was because I, I hated being, you, you almost felt like a number working at other totally. companies. And I wanted to have a company where everybody felt like they had an equal voice. And, and that's kind of the culture that we have around here. Yeah, man. I love that. Um, that you've done that. Not only just that that's just such a, such a lofty goal, but you've done it inside of heating and air, you know, yeah. like, what, what seems to be like a no big deal, not super sexy business. And you've done this, this thing inside of a business where people are like, no, I want to be there. I want to yeah. be part of that team. You know, absolutely. Because you get the best employees when you attract them that right? way. Right. Uh, yeah. Look, okay. You're talking about the experience, right? We talk about the, the experience for the clients all day long. We can talk about, you know, attracting new business. Of course we got to do that. But man, when you can hold on to your, to your folks um, and not hold on the to them, like hold them back, but like, empower them inside the team, you know, that's the ticket. I just think that it's obviously a topic that's super hot right now anyway. So maybe that's where we'll go with this conversation a lot, but um, you know, with the great uh, resignation happening uh, every single month, you know, guys, guys have choices right now. And, um, and so we as entrepreneurs got to make sure that the choice that we're providing them is a, is an exciting one. Absolutely. So let's go back into your journey a little bit. And, um, I want to know kind of where the business or just maybe business in general started for you. And then mm-hmm. we'll get into some of the, the, the decisions and stuff that you made, but you've got a gnarly story, man, share, <laughs> share, share with us what you, what you're willing to, because where it started for you is probably going to resonate with some folks out there who are in the midst of the grind and struggling. And so yeah. tell us where it started for you. I consider myself a hustler. You know, I've always gone out and gotten it. And, you know, when I was a kid, for example, I had my whole neighborhood on a like 15 to $20, every house was on a 15 to $20 membership. 
And I would go and I would clean up the dog poop, take out their trash and mow the lawn every week. And, you know, I had income, you know, I was the kid in school that was able to get fresh shoes or new skateboard or whatever. Yeah. Um, I also, I don't know if you remember pick and save, but it's what big lots used to be. Okay. And uh, I used to go and buy all the discount candy for like super cheap. And then I'd sell it at school. (laughs) I remember you you telling me this in our, in our, (laughs) our first call. And I'm just like, Dude, why didn't I think of that? You know, that's a great idea. <laughs> I've always, I mean, people say they like money. I love money. I mean, I really, and it's not because money makes me happy. It enables me to do things that make me happy. Yeah, and it enables me to witness my family. And like I said, my employees do things yeah. to make them happy. And that's that's where I really love it. Um, yeah. So, you know, a little bit later, you know, obviously uh, getting into high school and stuff, I ended up getting into a lot of trouble, man. I was really not a great student. Um, not because, I mean, I, I consider myself a pretty smart guy. Yeah. It's more so that I wasn't challenged and I have a problem with authority. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. <laughs> Wait, and, an entrepreneur, a problem with authority? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, once I got my driver's license, I was, that was done with school. I mean, that was, yeah. I was out. I got my GED. Anyways, I, uh, I had some pretty serious injuries in sports and uh, through all the surgery process and all that good stuff, uh, you know, they threw just a ton of painkillers my way. Yeah. And as a young kid, you don't really know what you're doing. Um, I got pretty badly addicted to painkillers and, and then that turned into some heavier drugs and it got pretty bad. I mean, I was homeless at one point living under, you know, the, the pier in uh, Huntington Beach. And it just I, I really hit wow. a rock bottom, not only from an external standpoint, but also internally, spiritually. I mean, I was yeah. just dead. You know, um, if, had you looked at me, it, you would have just been like, this guy's yeah. never not going to make it, you know, no pulse. So luckily I have an awesome family and they had tried helping me a, a bunch of times and I sure. would always mess it up. I'd always burn bridges. The last time around I, I wanted help. Um, and I begged for one last shot. Uh, I ended up going to Texas and grace of God. Uh, you know, I got on my knees and I asked God to help me and it wasn't like a boom, you're helped, you know, but it was, <laughs> pretty sudden that my, I started living a righteous path, uh, being honest and caring about others and doing things for others. Yeah. You know, and pretty soon I was looking at, you know, I had six months and then I had a year and, you know, and, uh, and through that process, um, when I got out of the, where I was, where I was at, I had, I had to go to sober living. And one of the rules there was that you had to, uh, get a job right away within, I think it was like one or two weeks, something like that. Yeah. And dude, I've never, I mean, like I said, I've always done my own hustle. I've never gotten a job. You had never never worked a day in your life at this point, right? No, no, pretty, no. no, I remember. I I hadn't. (laughs) And so like, I'm sitting in this sober house. I've got $20 to my name that my dad gave me. I don't have a phone. I don't have a car. I got to take the bus. I mean, I was like, literally had nothing, but you know, I had that power that I had found in God. I'm going to talk about God a lot because I'm I'm real big on that. And, uh, God was leading the way for me. So basically one of my friends got a job at an air conditioning company and he had gotten out like a week before me, something like that. And so I went to him and I was like, Hey man, like, is there any way that I could get a job, you know, where you're at? He got me an interview and I went in and got the job. The first interview I did, it's not like I was doing a crazy process, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a, a job as a, as basically an apprentice helper at an air conditioning company. And, and I was just doing like the, the real bitch work, sorry for my language, but like, you know, changing filters, sealing yeah. ducts, crawling around dirty attics. I mean, it was yeah. like 
bottom of the barrel. Had to start somewhere. I fell into it, man. It wasn't something that I had ever thought of. It wasn't, you know, a plan. I didn't go to school for it. I just, it was the first job that I could get. Yeah. And then uh, I, I saw pretty quick that, you know, man, there's a lot of money in this industry. So I stayed in it. Um, that's when I was 21. And okay. um, so I worked there. I worked my way up, uh, got into sales, and I made a lot of money really quickly when I got into sales. I read a lot of books and I just committed myself towards being the best of the best of the best. And I learned yeah. everything I could about air conditioning. I would go to every extra class. I'd go to whatever event that there was going on, um, sure. if I could find the time to do it. Um, at some point I decided I wanted to move back to California. Um, I was, you know, I missed my family. I was healthy. Um, and I was happy, you know? Yeah. So I moved back here. I got a job, uh, doing commercial air conditioning and, uh, like the super high end stuff. Like we worked on SoFi stadium, like wow. in the initial plans of it. And, yeah. you know, we've worked on just a ton of the higher end stuff. Uh, worked there for a while and it just got to a point, man, where I was like, I was making like, I want to say like $80,000 a year or something like that. And I, I was living paycheck to paycheck. If you, as you guys know, California is very, 80 grand is nothing here. That doesn't, doesn't go very far. Or at least it's not a lot. Um, and especially for my spending habits. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so I worked there and dude, I just, I, I started doing my own thing, kind of getting back to what I did as a kid. I was just like figuring right. out ways to get customers to, to install air conditioning and, and do stuff. So the way my schedule worked was like, I'd get up at 3 a.m. to go to work. I'd get off around 11 or 12 usually. And wow. then uh, then I'd work my own company until yeah. whenever I was done. And most of the time that was nine or 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. I did that for two years working for that company. And I was making more money in one day than a whole month at, 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 the, the, job. at the job. Um, yeah, yeah. And so what I did was I just saved everything. I mean, I, I spent as little as possible um, and I saved everything. And uh, in December of 2019, I quit the job, gave my two weeks and uh, and started my company. And um, it, it had gotten to a point where my company was starting to have an effect on my production for my job. And I didn't feel sure. right about that. Yeah. So I 100%. came to my boss at the time. I said, Hey, look, this is the deal, you know, whatever, whatever. And he told me, cause I had known him for a long time. He's like, dude, I figured you were running three different businesses while you're working here. Like he knew me, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, yeah. So I started my company and then COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the business was, world. <laughs> you know, when you have a wife, a kid and a mortgage to pay, that was pretty, that was pretty scary. Uh, the inner hustler, uh, was, was pulled out once more. It was. So what I did was it was only two weeks we I got slow for. And at the time I had one employee. And so I just, dude, I picked up the phone and I literally called every property management, every company that I could find. And I yeah. just offered my services. I, I wrote out like a little script. Yeah. And uh, I, it was insane how much business I got from that. Um and we just grew, man. I mean, that summer we just exploded. And I really, I, I put a lot of the money that I made back into the company. Of course. I continue to do that. And uh, man, it's just been obviously it's been a roller coaster. Been, it sounds like, yeah, it's a roller coaster, <laughs> but it's been good. You know, I'm grateful for it. Okay. Let me, let me dissect some of this because sure. you've, you've given us some incredible insight already, but 
number one, the, the hustle factor. I mean, I said it was drawn out again, bro. You were hustling the whole time. Like, I love that about your story. Um, I relate to that personally, you know, the many, many years, five o'clock came and everybody quote unquote, go home. And then it was just only halftime for me. And I think that that is a valuable perspective to have at least for a period of time. But what I also heard you say was that when things got a little shaky, AKA those two weeks during COVID, when the whole world shut down, you went into action mode. You didn't go into atrophied, right? You didn't go to retreat mode. You didn't go to, oh no, what do I do now mode? You went to, okay, ownership, right? I got to get in here and I got to make it happen. And so you went, you put your sales hat on, you made some phone calls and you just thrusted yourself into the marketplace forcibly. But you even said right after that, you got so much business from that, which then probably catapulted referrals. And then the rest of the, the what you just said, the, the, the summer that happened that year oh, was probably huge. because of those two weeks of you going, yeah. <laughs> how yeah, do I do was, this? You know, we, I remember we made, it was that June. I think we made like 400, $450,000 in one month. And I was like, holy shit, this is for real. Right. And, uh, but what happened kind of getting to your point was that, yeah, the, making those calls it, it number one, it was, I didn't have the money to advertise. So it was free advertisement. I'm right. actually picking the phone, calling people. And most people nowadays don't do that. They're scared to do it for whatever reason. I am yep. like, dude, I don't care, man. I will do anything to make my, I'll still pick, pick up dog poop. I don't care. Yeah. I, yeah. to make money, I'll do it. So you know, it was free advertisement. And then what happened was every time I talked to a customer, like Andy Fursella says, I always say, please just tell a friend, you know, give us a review, tell a friend. And dude, they did. And other property managements were company or uh, companies were calling me. Uh, and by the way, for the listeners, if you're in the world of heating and air, property managements are not the customers to go after because they pay pennies on the dollar of sure. what your normal homeowner does. However, when you're starting a business, you're trying to get whatever any, you can get. Any dollar is an okay dollar. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, you know, we kind of let go of some of those uh, property management companies that we initially did business with in a good way. You know, we still yeah. refer them to other people that we know, but we still have some that that we do business with. And uh, in any case, dude, it was just like it, it was kind of like a um, like a treadmill. It just started going and going and going and just yeah. kept moving. And and as long as what I found was we always did the right thing. We always treated people fairly. We always treated customers like our family. We yeah. truly believe that in order to feed our families, we need to treat our customers like family. And that's kind of the motto that we went with. And dude, it was just up and up, man. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. That summer. So I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing several things here. Number one, you put your sales hat on and you weren't afraid. You didn't care what people think yep. coming from a, like a natural, just perspective of hustle. I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are at the six figure mark whether they're either still there or they've just gotten there and they're on their way to seven, whatever the deal is, is that you have to get good at sales, right? You have to get, you got to get leads, marketing, you got to figure out what that is. If that's just a list like you had, or if that's ads or whatever, it doesn't really matter. You need people to call, people to talk to, homes to go to, period. Mm-hmm. You have to get good at the sales process, which it sounds like you did in a previous experience. And so you mm-hmm. were able to translate that over and you focused in. And then on the backside, what I'm hearing you say is the experience is everything for the client, especially when you break down a service business like heating and air, because there's a stigma. There's a stigma that homeowners have of just this rough and guff, like they don't care about me, blah, blah, blah. Like who knows if he's even in there doing anything? Like I don't understand the HVAC system. Did he even do anything? And he's just, and he's charging me. Like there's this, there's a stigma of not honesty, I guess, dishonesty and, and, and all the other things that come along with it. So you treating them like your family, what does that look like? 
practically inside of like an actual service call or inside of an interaction with your customers? Well, so through trial and error, by the way, um, everything has been learned through experience and in and, and my regard, it wasn't that I read it. AKA a book like you failed and then you went yeah. back and <laughs> well, I'm not sure failing might well failing at certain things, you know, sure, and sure, so of course. internally everything is a system for us. Yeah. The, our client process is a seven step process. And from the time that they call in to the time that they pay their bill and we're walking out the door, I train my staff on every step of the way to assure that the customer doesn't get, you know, a really great experience on the phone and then a really great sales guy and a crappy installer, you know, sure. everything is a process for us. So, Love uh, I, I always tell people that are, you know, trying to get up in business. A lot of times when you're in still in the six figures, you're kind of just figuring it out. And I would recommend to anybody that you outline exactly how every single step in your business needs to go. Because once you get that, all the systems in place, what happens? You don't have to be at work all the time because everybody knows what they're supposed to do. And that's my goal. You know, I'm still at work a lot, but I, I don't necessarily have to be here for everything to be ran the way that it would be if I was. And that's because of the systems that we put in that we have in place, basically Uh, from a customer standpoint, uh, we just treat them honestly. We treat them fairly. Um, If they ever have an issue, no matter what, the customer is always right. Especially nowadays with reviews, there's never been a more accountable time for contractors or really any business. Yeah. If you do something wrong, even if you don't think it's wrong, they're going to tell the world about it. They're going to tell a lot of people and the whole world's going to read that when they go check you out on Google. Everybody right. checks you out on Google. So no matter what, dude, I'll refund somebody. I don't even care as long as yeah. they, at the end of the day, they're happy. That's all I care about. Yeah. So, I love that. That That's what you would do for your family. Um, and, yeah. and that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow sometimes as a business owner, especially when, when your heart and soul has gone into that specific job or even just maybe you weren't on the job site at that time, but it's mm-hmm. just tough to let go. But I think that perspective that you just gave is a very freeing action, actually, where it's like, we say, I don't care. You do care actually so much oh, yeah. that you're willing to let it go. The yeah. money is what you don't care about. Yeah, exactly. Because right? that, that if you want to hold on to that money and just have some customer that's pissed off at you, the amount of money that you're going to lose yeah, it's not as a result of that is much bigger than the little you know, 10, 15 grand you're going to lose with that one customer, which, by the way, that's never happened. But you know, it's, I would be willing to give it up if I needed to, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I love, I love where we're going with this. Let's talk about a, a good and bad decision inside the business along the way to seven figures. Okay. So give us a good decision that you've made that sticks out as like just something so clear as day that this was a right thing that you think that the listener can, can write it down and they can take it away, put it in their business today. Again, I got to say systems, dude, systems are everything. I mean, if you don't have an organized way of attack, you're flying blind. And I always say, you know, if you don't plan to win, you plan to fail. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, you, you, you have to have a plan in place. And by the way, I'm like the, I'm the most, if you ask my wife, dude, I am like, my head is everywhere. Like I, I look this way. Then I choose to do something else. I mean, you never know what I'm going to do and nobody knows what I'm doing ever. As far as my company goes, it's very organized. Uh, and it's, and, and, you know, we're still working on things. I'm not trying to sure. present like we're the perfect. We're not, you know, yeah. but we're yeah. working on everything. The other thing too, um, 
I think leadership is huge. You have to learn how to be a good leader. And uh, there's some other questions that people ask me. You have to realize that not everybody thinks like you do. So if you ever took like a personality test, uh, people are, they're different. The way that they see the world, the way that they understand the world, the way that they get motivated. And if you can be aware that, well, number one, I would, I would, I would encourage people to have their employees take a personality test because then you know how to communicate to them. That's a huge thing actually right there. I do that with all my guys. Okay. So you, you've said, you've said three things and I want to make sure that the listener caught them. Um, Number one is you got to get organized. So there's many ways where you can do this, but most entrepreneurs have an issue with authority. They don't necessarily want to follow along. And so they've just been doing their own thing. Right. But what you're saying is that you, you can still do your own thing, but you need to do it in a systemized way if you're planning on getting to seven figures because yep. there's other people involved, really. There, yep. there can't not be other people involved with seven figures. So you have to have systems so that other people can be plugged into the equation. Absolutely, yeah. So for you on systems, was there a, a method? Was there, like, did you, did you hire somebody that came in and was just super organized? Was there a coach? Was there like, what was the, what was the, the moment for you where it was like, ah, this was well, it? So I realized, this is kind of a couple answers to this. So number one, I realized how disorganized we were. Sure. You know, and it happens, you know. There's Everybody feels days. it. We all feel it. Yeah, there's still days where you're like, geez, man, freaking everything's yeah. all over the place. But it got to a point where we just like, I was like, dude, there's no way that we're going to grow if we continue with this disorganization, right? Yep. So simultaneously, when I realized that, thankfully, there's, I don't understand how there's people making millions of dollars that haven't figured that out yet that are disorganized. I don't know how you get there like that, but I was pretty early on. That was first year of business for me. Wow. And okay. so I didn't have, being that it was a first year of business, I didn't have the money to go hire somebody to write manuals for me. I didn't have a enough money to do any of it. So I read books and I wrote out the processes myself, to be honest, like that's what <laughs> yeah, I did. I love it. I love uh, it. Obviously, since then, obviously I've perfected that with a little sure. bit of help, but yeah, initially dude, anything is better than nothing, you know? So pretty yes, early yes. on, I was like from how the guys came in to how they got their equipment to how the job was done. Like I, I always right. refer to this example I want my business to be like in and out or McDonald's or whatever. Like when yeah. if you, no matter what in and out or McDonald's you go to, if you order something, you know, it's going to be a certain way every time you're not going to get like a cold hamburger or right. it's not going to taste different. Like it's always going to be exactly the same. And, and that's because of a system. Yep. That was why McDonald's was so successful is because everything from the way that the customer came in to the way that they left and every touch point that the customer had was already pre-thought about and it was already a system. And and it's the same way for us. You know, I, I want customers to know that with us, they are going to get the very best of the best every single time, no questions asked. And it doesn't matter who shows up there because the person showing up is going to be trained here in-house instead of in their house. That's a really totally. big uh, key factor too, is we train here. We don't have guys training on your house. By the time they Jobs go to your house, yeah. they're already like, they're trained. They know exactly what they got to do and they get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what, one thing you just heard, I heard you say is that a system in essence is the ability to pre think every step of the way yeah. as opposed to being reactionary. And, and that's what you felt back. Even if it was just the first year, yeah. every entrepreneur listening right now knows what that feeling feels like to be reactionary or to be chasing their tail head all over the place. Like you said, yeah. um, and really the systems 
you know, it doesn't sweep that away forever and ever. It just means that there are pre-thought, like you thought about it ahead of time, every touch point for the client, for your guys, for your staff and the team, for, for you, what your executive team, whatever it comes down to that there, it's just, you got to think about it ahead of time. So that way it's proaction as opposed to reaction. Absolutely. Um, it's so important. It's so important. Good. Okay. So lots of other things that we discussed in that. Hopefully the listener was paying attention, writing notes. Let's flip the coin over to sure. um, the bad decision. What was something that you did that you just totally regret that you've learned from, obviously, but we want to know what it is so that we don't do it too. Man, that's a lot. <laughs> I've made a lot of mistakes. I would say um, the reach around. My dad always taught me about the reach around. and it's Okay. Like, what that means is when you do something half-assed the first time or you, or you don't pay attention to it yep. because you're lazy or because you are too busy or whatever, it reaches around to bite you in the ass. I would say, yeah. number one, do everything right the first time, like the, like, like the systems and the processes and the way that you do things. Right. Make sure that you put some thought into that. Um, and I would say another one is surrounding myself with the right people. Look, I can go into any environment. You see me, I'm covered in tattoos. I can go in the worst of the worst environment uh, or I can go into the most classy environment and I'll get along with anybody. But I think that when you're trying to become successful, like I had a lot of friends that kind of were like hanger honors when I was, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, coming up, I guess. Yeah. And, And, you know, they're still friends, but when you surround yourself with the right people, there's different subjects being brought up. And I'll give you an example. I've made a lot of money in crypto. All right. And the only reason I've made a lot of crypto, a lot of money in crypto is not because I know about it. I don't know shit about crypto. What I have is a really good friend that's really successful in crypto and he's my friend. So he just helps me make all those decisions. And all of a sudden I've made a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know? So when you surround yourself with the right people, different, it's a different level of conversation. It's a different level of of just growth that you get because you start yeah. to network and it's getting, and I'm getting to the, the networking things. You yeah. start meeting people that you usually wouldn't have met. It doesn't mean that you can't be friends with your other people. Right. I have friends from high school that I do. I see them all the time. I love them. They're great, but we don't talk business. Right. I have friends that are in business that I love hanging around because we bring each other up. I give them ideas. They give me ideas. And then the surrounding yourself with the right people also goes back to uh, in my business. You know, I've, I've had guys that, you know, and, and this is kind of another reach around thing is trying to hire guys for a lesser amount of money per hour. And then they do a crappy job and you end up losing money on them or they quit and end up suing you. I've had both happen. And by the way, the lawsuit was just complete BS. It was, it sucked, but you know, those are the things that you go go through. through. Yeah. So you got to surround yourself, whether it's from like the employees that you hire, if you got to pay them a little bit more, pay them a little bit more. You got to make sure everybody's happy. You got to surround yourself with the right people. and if you're anything like me, like I don't just do what other people are doing, but when I see other people that are successful around me, I am competitive. Yeah. yeah. So I want to beat you out no matter how much I love you. Like don't <laughs> fuck with my shit. So I'm, I'm a, I, I, you know, I get competitive and, and so, yeah, man, it's just, I'd say the people that you surround yourself with and, and your employees, man, you're, you're only as good as your employees. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You've dropped so many nuggets there doing things halfway that stem that was like the basis of everything you just shared and i think yeah. that that's a good lesson that your dad taught you that you know i i didn't have a dad to teach me that but i think that 
once you learn that lesson of like, if you just do things in quality, now quality doesn't mean perfect. Cause you said earlier, yeah. having those systems done is better than having them perfect. Right. And so you have to have this balance of done versus perfect, but then you continue to work on them so that you can be the best so that you can yeah. hire the best continue, so that yeah. you can service the best clients. Absolutely. There's this, there's this progression. Um, I love what you've said. Okay. So Real quick, before we kind of move on to speed round here, I want to know, is there a formula that you follow since you're a systems guy around making decisions or like just keeping certain disciplines in your life? KPIs. I'd say key performance indicators. Basically, you're paying attention to, I have like Excel spreadsheets on everything from what areas make the most money, how high the ticket is in a certain area, what employee does best and whatever. Like, for example, I'll give you an example. I have some employees that do really good on a Yelp call and not so good on a Google call. And I have employees that do really good on a Google call and not good on a Yelp call. So basically what you want to do is I'd say to start, find out what, like, let's say you're investing five grand on Google, five grand on Yelp and five grand on, on Facebook. Pay attention to what your ROI is, your return on investment on each one of those investments, and then go even way harder into the one that you're getting the most return on. Mm-hmm. And, and then if that that's the first thing that you got to do. And then from there, then you can start building out other systems. Like, like I was saying, like average ticket for each tech, what, what calls they do best in. And we use something called service Titan. I know this isn't for this podcast isn't for contractors. So I got no, it's good. There's plenty of plenty of listening. So yeah, it's just, give I got to be a little bit more generic, but no, no, <laughs> good. it's good. It's good stuff. Find, find where you get the most money back yeah. and capitalize on it. Every go double down every time into the one that gives you the most money. I would say, don't expect to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect. And don't shoot for seven figures. Like, dude, when I found out that I made a million dollars in a year, I didn't even, dude, you know why I was checking how much money I made that year? Why? It was because I felt like I was making less money. Like legit. <laughs> That's so, so true. Like aim for, you know, freaking much 10 figure. figures, dude. That's right. why like this year right. we're on track to make uh, eight figures. So yeah. we, hopefully this year we'll make 10. There's no reason why we shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and don't pay attention to like, you want to get to just a million. No, dude. Like when you get to a million, you're going to feel like you're making less money. Honestly, that's how I felt. I don't know, uh, about anybody else. So, you know, aim for the sky and don't expect yourself to be perfect. Also learn to turn the page. Like if something uh, you ever heard that song by Bob Seger, turn the page. It's like, you just, something goes bad or a mistake gets made or you get sued or whatever, just, you know, it, it already happened. Turn the page onto the next day, continue moving forward because yeah. there's plenty of people out there that'll beat you out. If you stop, if you take your, your hand That's off right. the throttle, you just got to keep on, keep on pushing, man. The last like five minutes could have just been chopped up in a video and, and done the whole show. Um, <laughs> wow. Really good stuff. Okay. So, the turn the page, I mean, huge. I'm just, I'm just in my mind here, just doing a quick recap, like turn the page, like just unbelievable mindset, like so simple, love the word picture, the making less money at a million, a 100% true, 100% true. And anybody who's ever hit seven figures knows it because it's a transition point. Yep. And in fact, I talk about this transition point where at six figures, you're a warrior and at seven figures, it's not the exact, but you become a king and it's not even like yep. all of a sudden this, this, this now, Oh, now I'm a King. It's there's this transition from warrior to King, but you, you're still warrior King. 
And and that's really in that 1 million, 2 million, even 3 million sometimes where you're still, you're still wearing too many hats. You're still involved in too much of the business. You're, you're, you're not thinking big enough. You, you feel like you are um, because man, you made it like a million or two or whatever. Right. But to your point, you, you usually you've invested in the business in a, in a good enough way to get there, which means that you probably didn't make a whole bunch. Yeah. which means you got to continue to press in. You got to continue to get more, which brings me back to the very first point that you made is look, your team's counting on you. The families of your team, you know, your family, of course, like the entire system has to get bigger. It has yeah. to. Well, You're, the other thing duty. too, the other thing too, that a lot of people don't think about this, but when you hit seven figures right before you hit seven figures, there needs to be a review over everything, how you're paying people, how much money you're investing into marketing, and most importantly, how much money you're charging, because you're going to have to completely change the way that you live. Because during, in your time of making six figures, I don't know about you, about you, but for me, I was balling out. You know, I (laughs) thought I was Mr. You know, millionaire. Uh And then I got to, I got to a million and I was like, holy shit, dude, I got to change everything up. I got to become way more responsible. Your overhead is so much like your, your margin for profit is less. And at least in my business, um, and you have to adjust your prices. You have to adjust and pay more attention to the money that you're marketing, you're marketing with. You have to also decide, you know, who you have that's actually worth keeping, who's not worth keeping, who needs a raise, who doesn't. And then you got to start thinking about, you know, how you're going to treat your employees I mean, you always got to think about that, but th- those yeah. are big things that come kind of at that level, at least in my experience, yeah. um, that you really have to pay attention to. I think yeah. that if if everybody knew that there was a rule at once you see a million dollars, if you made a million dollars in a year, you need to review everything, and yeah. including most importantly, the way that you're living your life. Oh, totally. I, I love how you even mentioned the that that was your first and last comment about like how you live your life, because what I have found is that usually it's during that time. Like you said, you realize you make less money, but your attention now has come to going back to this word of warrior and King is that I now am responsible as a King for not just me and my little piece here, right? It's now I've got a team. I've got families of those team. I've got my community, the church I go to the, the, whatever I'm a part of, like all of this is now part of my responsibility. And so I have to think bigger, which usually means you need to be wiser and, and you're balling out of control with the car that you couldn't afford first, but now you're like, wait a second, if I put that money to work, whether it be in my business or in a purchasing over here in an asset yeah. of real estate or, or crypto to your point, then I can see how that money goes to work for me, which is like so far away from the brain when you're in the six figure mark. Like you're just, you're just trying to get yours, trying very to get selfish, trying, trying to get, to get up. up. Yep. hundred percent. I totally understand too. I trust me guys. I lived it. And I made every mistake you could make. I spent, you know, go to Vegas, spend way too much money because you have it, right? Yep. <laughs> and right. then you, you get a little bit more and you're just like, all right, dude, I need to start making some better decisions. And then your 100%. accountant gets on you. He's like, hey, yep. bro, you better start making, <laughs> buying some assets before your tax liabilities out of control. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let's go with the speed round here. Um, this has been so good, man. You talked about KPIs earlier. So I'm super curious mm-hmm. about what you would, what you would track here. But the question is this. If there was only one metric in your business to pick, only one, what would it be? What KPI would you pick? Nowadays, I would say the first thing that I told people that they need to do is which digital marketplace is your most 
successful one. Yeah. Honestly. Biggest squeeze for the biggest, biggest juice for the squeeze. Yeah. I was trying to think of the right words to say it with, but like, like for us, it's Google, dude. Google is huge. I mean, yeah. I could go on and on about Google and the shit that I've learned about their algorithm and reviews and all kinds of stuff, but right. Right. Yeah. Where, where you're, yeah. What digital marketplace is, is giving you the best return on investment. Love that. Okay. Very good. What book would you recommend that a six figure owner read? Who's trying to get to that seven figure market? Okay. So number one, the Bible will teach you everything you ever want to learn about anything in life. It'll teach you heart. It'll teach you how to manage people. It'll teach you everything. I love the Bible. So I had to say that, but also how to win friends and influence people. Another great one. Dale Carnegie. And the reason why is because again, getting back to what I was saying before, awareness is everything. And if you can at least be aware to the fact that people think differently from you and that you need to figure out how to communicate to them, yep. dude, you are so many steps ahead of most people that don't even realize that. 100%. And that book will teach you that. When you pull back the veil and you can understand that it's just, it's just a gap there. And if you can just tweak your words or your actions in a specific way, and it just, it lands on their exactly. side so exactly. much harder. Boom. Exactly. Lights out. Okay. Absolutely. Next question is, do you intentionally network or mastermind? You kind of mentioned getting to know some people, but do you intentionally do that now as an entrepreneur at your level? Yes. So BNI groups, um, part of BNI. It's been cool. You know, I, I can't say I've made a ton of money in BNI, but it's just nice. Again, I like to surround myself with people that are like-minded. Um, totally. And obviously BNI is just a bunch of entrepreneurs. So that's been cool. I am a part of a zillion Facebook groups. I think that's how you found me. Yeah, maybe um, I can't remember. <laughs> And then we do uh, we do a lot of charity work. Uh, you'd be surprised what'll happen. I mean, number one, charity is important. You need yeah. to reach out to your community and help them because you know you don't want to be like the black sea. I always use this example: the black sea, everything comes into it, but it doesn't have an outlet. You need to, as the money comes in, you need to go out and help other people. You need to be charitable, and you'll be surprised as to other additional positives that come as a result of that. And then the other thing too, in terms of marketing. Is And I really had an issue with this. I was really too cool, right? Like I was scared to like to post myself talking on Instagram and like scared right. that people would judge me and whatever. Put yourself out there. If you got something to say, say it. Like that's kind of something that I've been more honestly this year, 2022, one of my five goals, I have five goals that I write every year. One of my five goals was to put myself out there and actually like go help people from a yeah. entrepreneurial standpoint and, and yeah. share who I am with the world on Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff. Dude, check the box. You've done it today, man. I know that you're not done and you're not going to let this be the only thing you do this, this year, but man, you, you've been a fulfillment literally of that today. Um, it's been absolutely incredible. So thank you. Appreciate it. Um, last question. You ready? Yep. If you lost it all, what would you do, Aaron? <laughs> Dude, I'd be back to where I am in half the time. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I I am in love with the process. I fell in love with it so quick. I I think that it would be cheating if I lost it all right now and I could do it all over again because I would, dude, I'd be back like that, you know. And I think that the experience is is what's important. Um, I think that you have to experience the, the, the trials and tribulations that you're going to go through and growing a business, which I still am guys, but I don't think I'm King or God or whatever. I'm still learning. We're all still learning. We're all just trying to be better every day. But, uh, but yeah, dude, I'd be back where I am so much faster. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I, I, I honestly, I'm not scared of it. Like I'm cool with it. I, I, yeah. 
I don't want to lose it all, but if I did, no. I know I'd be fine. Exactly. And that's what I was going to point out to the listener. They can't, they can't obviously see you here right now, but not only can I see you, but just hearing your tone, the confidence of, oh, it, it would be unfair to take it all from me. Yeah. Like for you to be able to say that, because at the six figure mark, like they're, they're, they're terrified, right? Because like if, if they, if they lost it all, they don't know what to do necessarily. And they might go do the same thing like you and I, um, they maybe they're crazy like we are, but right. it, it seems as if you would lose so much more, but your attitude is I'm I, like, if you, if you took it from me, I'm going to gain, actually, not only am I going to gain it back in half the time, like you said, but just the process of having to do it again, I'm going to gain that much more that I don't have now. So yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead. Just take it from me. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like a it, game on perspective. I know that you know? it sounds conceited or big head or whatever, but I know not you particularly. Yeah. I know yeah. you don't got it. Like if I have a guy that goes to try to start his own company, I wish him luck because you know what, dude, the reality is, is that yeah. 99% of people, they don't have it. They can't like, dude, it takes a lot. I mean, you got to be obsessed with it. You got to be consumed. You got to be falling asleep, thinking about it, dreaming about it. Instead of listening to the radio in the car, you got to listen to podcasts or audio books. I mean, you got to be obsessed. And that's still sometimes not enough. So I heard there's me, a good podcast, uh, Gathering the Kings, with a guy named Aaron on it. Today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm excited about it. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm. I, this was a goal for this year. So there I just go. checked a box. <laughs> there you go. I love it, dude. Okay, so um, you've obviously given us so much value here today. How does someone connect with you if they wanted to reach out and and get to know you a little bit better, that type of thing? How do they find you? Uh, you can call me. I, I give my phone out to everybody, 714-747-2892. I don't even care. Call me. I'm willing to help anybody. Love you can it. find me on Instagram, Aaron Handel, literally at Aaron Handel, A-A-R-O-N-H-A-N-D-E-L. Um, you can email me at ahandel at callmorrisnow.com. Either way, whatever. Call me, text me, message me. I'm willing. Smoke I'm, signal. I, yeah, I'm 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 cool with helping anybody. And if you ask any of my friends or family, they'll they'll tell you like I, I like to help people. So you're not burdening me, trust me. That's awesome, man. I appreciate just the uh, the openness there and then on then also the the pitch of not burdening because most people most people won't, unfortunately. Dude, most people when I was reach out. When I was making, you know, under seven figures, I, it was like I wanted somebody to help me and so many people were like too good for me. And so I, I have pledged yeah to not be that to other people. I will help you and I'll give you all the knowledge I have. And hopefully you can give me some of your knowledge too. Yeah. I think that that runs deep, you know, in, in a successful entrepreneur, just to kind of kick this off uh, at the end here, which is some perspective, because I don't know of any successful entrepreneur that I've seen. And especially even in my own, my own life, you know, I, I, I gave sales training away. I gave time away. I gave advice away. I literally for years and years and years would have friends be like, dude, you should charge for this. Like, this was like, you really helped yeah. me today. Yeah. And you don't like the, the, the servant mind that you're talking about doesn't even think about that until uh, eventually, you know, for me, at least it has, it's become a business and maybe it will be for one, one day for you too. But that doesn't mean that for years and years and years and years and years, you don't just out of the place of servitude, do what feels good because that's where, that's where I was at you know, many, many years ago, before I was an entrepreneur, I was looking for help. Right. Yeah. And, and there were people who sometimes you could get around them. Sometimes you couldn't. And man, I just love, I love your openness and your willingness to serve. It's just, um, sure, it's a breath of fresh air, honestly. So. Thanks man. You too. 
All right, dude. Well, thank you for being on the show. We wish you absolutely nothing but success in um, in going to eight figures and your new division coming up, dude. So much exciting things happening Tell me, for baby. you. We're, we're going to be cleaning some drains out. <laughs> Shit goes downhill. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just make sure you're not in the way. Dude, yeah, thanks for being excited. on the show. We really appreciate it. All right, brother. You have a great day. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.